Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you this morning. Those of you watching on live stream, we're glad you joined us today. I'm Don Mortensen. I'm the associate pastor here. And last week, my wife Sherry and I uh, started a two-week series called He Restores Our Soul. So Sherry, uh, mostly Sherry talked last week, and then uh, also this week I'll finish up the series. Last week we talked a lot about uh, who God is and how he desires and how he wants to restore our soul. Today, I'll talk a little bit about that, but I want to get into more practical areas. Like, what does it look like? What does that mean? How does he do that? Uh, how do I know that uh, God's really involved in my life? Um, one of the passages that is very familiar to all of us is Psalm 23. And I'm just going to spend a little bit of time in the beginning talking about that because that's a very familiar passage. One of the things that is interesting about, Psalm 20, or about the Old Testament, certainly it's in Psalm 23 as well, is that the children of Israel, the Israelites, had a variety of names for God. And these names weren't just a name that, oh, this is, this is God, but they were about who he was. They were about his character. So the, as they would talk about God in different, with different names, they were describing different characters. So let's look at the first uh, couple of verses. It says, out, the Lord is my shepherd... I shall not want. What he's saying is what? I'm your, obviously, during that time, shepherds were very common. Sheep were all over. And everybody knew what a shepherd was and what the role of a shepherd was. The Lord said, I'm your shepherd. You don't have to want anything. You don't have to need anything. He says, uh, uh, and the idea that I will not want, to see up there, it says, uh, that's the name that, that the Israelites had for God, Jehovah Jireh. It meant that God uh, will, will provide. Now, that name first came from, remember the story of Abraham and Isaac? And Abraham was uh, asked to sacrifice his son, and he's going to do that. And right at the end, can you imagine what that would be like? And right before he's going to sacrifice his son, God provides a ram that's caught in the bushes. And that's when Abraham said, God, Jehovah Jireh, God is a God who will provide. So even as we look at these passages, you realize that this is not just a story about, oh, God will, God will take, you don't have any wants, God will take care of your needs. It's because that's who God is. That's what God does. Then it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, when you're going through tough times, trials, it could be where you are right now, maybe what's happened in the past. But during that time, did it feel like you were um, walking beside still waters? Did it feel like you were uh, in green pastures? Doesn't, does it? But it says our, our, our great shepherd, our good shepherd, he will lead us beside still waters and, and bring us to green pastures. That's who God said he was. And that is the name that was given to Jehovah Shalom. It means God is our peace. That's, that uh, name came from, if you remember the Old Testament, the story about Gideon. Gideon was visited by an angel of the Lord, and he was very frightened and thought for sure he was going to die. And God said, don't worry, you're not going to die. And uh, Jehovah uh, Shalom came from that, meaning that God is our peace. Just, just be okay. Just chill out. You're, you're all right. You're not going to die. I'll take care of you. When I'm going through a tough time or our family is really struggling with whatever issue we're going through, and we're going through a few right now, it's not always easy to have peace. It's not always easy to feel like I've got the sense of a, a, a walking beside still waters, that I'm in green pastures. 
But God says, that's what I will do for you. It doesn't mean, he hasn't said, I will take all your trials away. I will make sure that you don't have any issues or problems at all. What he says is, during those times, I will be your shepherd. I will take care of you. I will be your peace, and I will, I will be your, uh, the one who guides you and, and, and takes care of you. The last part of that p- passage in verse 3, the first part of verse 3, is where we got the title for the past two weeks. It says, he restores my soul. And the name for God there is Jehovah Rophi. And that came from, all these came from specific times in Israel's history. When they were in the wilderness walking for 40 years, I think the journey is an 11-day journey by walking. It took them 40 years to wander in the wilderness. And they went through a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations during that time. And one time they got drinks some water got real sick, and God healed them. And that's when he got the name Jehovah Rophi, the Lord who heals. So it's one God, but he has many, many characteristics. And the Israelites had a variety of names for God. And that's the God that we serve. The God who sees, the God who knows, the God who gives us peace, the God who heals us. That's the God we rely on. That's the God that we, that we have in our with us all the time. That's our shepherd. Now, if uh, God's a shepherd, obviously, uh, we realize that we are, cons- he's considering us his what? His sheep. Now, if you know much about sheep, a lot of you have heard this in other sermons or maybe lessons, but sheep are not exactly the most intelligent creature in the world, and they, uh, they're kind of nervous. They're uh, very anxious, very skittish, so it's hard to make them lie down. Uh, a shepherd can do that because a shepherd learns how to calm the sheep, how to take care of the sheep, how to, how to make them feel better. But look at this next slide here. It says, sheep will not lie down. So it's not an easy thing. He doesn't just go and the sheep lie down and take care of themselves. If they're afraid, they don't lie down. And lie down here is referring to what? For sheep to lie down. For us, when we lie down, it means what? We have the ability to make it through the day. We have the ability to feel okay about how our our life is going. We're able to rest. We're able to feel confident in God. Have there been times when you're afraid? Are you afraid right now? Oftentimes we don't tell others when we're afraid. But that fear does sneak in. It's hard for us during those times to feel as though God is there, to feel as though we're going to be okay. It also says if there's tension or rivalry or competition within the flock, so that could be competition within your home, your family, your workplace, or here if you're involved in activities or whatever. If you get more than two or three people together, uh, you usually have some kind of conflict, don't you, at times? you ever notice that? People want to do it their own way. And when there's tension, there's even tension in the flock for sheep, they don't lie down. And if you have tension in a situation at work or at home or wherever, you come back and you tell someone, this is really bothering me, this is hard for me. It's hard to relax, it's hard to lie down, it's hard to feel okay, it's hard to, it's hard to not be upset. We're a lot like sheep, aren't we? If they're distracted or tormented by parasites or flies or insects, or the things out there that are really making it hard for us, or the sheep are getting... Uh, getting attacked by parasites, and whatever, they can't lie down. And that's where later in the passage, he says, he anoints my head with oil. The shepherd would anoint the head of the sheep with oil to keep the flies and all the bugs away. But there are times we feel attacked. There are times we feel misunderstood. 
the times we feel life isn't fair. It's hard to lie down and feel peaceful. And if they're hungry, they can't lie down. Now, yeah, we, can't, we probably can't lie down for hunger either, but hungry can mean more than that too. It could just mean hungry for relationship, hungry for God, hungry for understanding. That's what the shepherd does for the sheep. The shepherd makes it possible for the sheep to feel confident, to feel okay, to, to know that life's going to be all right, to know that it's not going to be, a, that they're going to make it okay, that they're going to be protected. And he's the one, he makes them lie down in green pastures because he provides for their needs. And God can do that for us as well. He does that for us as well. Many of you have stories about that, how God has come alongside and said, I don't know how I could have made it through this time if God weren't with me, if God weren't able to take care of me. I wouldn't have made it without him. So then, if God's our shepherd, and we kind of touched on this before, what? If If we are the shepherd's sheep, right? That means if God's a shepherd, we're the sheep. So what are we? We are helpless, we're dependent, we're prone to getting lost. That's what sheep are. And those are characteristics that a lot of us have. There are times we feel helpless. We like to be independent. We like to be in control. I'm not sure about you. There are times in my life, I know it's hard to believe, but I've wanted to be in control of my life. Is there anybody else besides me who's ever tried to control their life? Isn't that true? Don't we try to do that? We know ultimately that God's in control, but we still try to control it. I might say to my wife, Sherry, give it over to God. Let God take care of it. Do I do that? No. We all like to be in control, but we are dependent. We're dependent upon God, even though we don't want to admit it at times. We're helpless. We're dependent. Sheep are prone to getting lost. We certainly can feel that way at a time. And what's interesting about sheep, many of you have heard this before, different sermons or Bible lessons, but they're an animal that can protect themselves. They don't have sharp teeth and fangs. If something comes to attack them, they don't bare their big teeth and scare someone away. They don't have claws to protect themselves. They can't run very fast. So they're really dependent upon the shepherd to take care of them. They can't defend themselves. They're very, very vulnerable. And even though we like to think we're self-sufficient, we like to think that we can handle our lives. There are times when we go through trials, we go through difficulties, we go through storms, and we just realize that, wow, I just, I'm out of control. Life just is really tough. And if you're going through that time now, or if you have in the past, you realize how scary that is. And there are times that we know that, wow, I really need something. I need a shepherd. Looking at Scripture, it's obvious again, that God looks at us as sheep, that, that example, that metaphor. Let's look at two passages. One is, we find it in uh, 1 Kings chapter 22. And in that passage, uh, God is saying, I saw, the Lord is saying, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. The example he gives is when I saw my, the Is- Israel had been uh, captured it had been exiled out of, their, out of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was destroyed, and they were scattered. God, Lord scattered them. He said, they look like sheep without a shepherd. No one to take care of them. In the New Testament, chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, this is what the Lord, the Lord was talking about this. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Do you ever feel harassed or helpless? 
I think a lot of us, I, I, can only, I guess I can only speak for myself, but I don't think I'm the only one. There are times if I feel overwhelmed and harassed and helpless, I don't share that with a lot of people. There may be a couple close people I'll share it with, but I'm careful to do that. Because then it looks like I'm not strong enough, I can't take care of myself. We, we pride ourselves on being independent. We pride ourselves on being in control. But we know ultimately we're not. A lot of you have gone through uh, different types of trials and, and storms. Sherry shared, my wife Sherry shared last week that she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Well, how do you control that? She wasn't able to say, listen, I'm choosing not to have this, and I'm going to control this. Doesn't work that way, does it? We realize at certain times in our life we don't have the control that we'd like to have. We are harassed and helpless, and we need to surrender to the shepherd, allow him to shepherd us. The next slide is called uh, The Cast Sheep. If any of you have ever read any uh, books by uh, David Keller, he's a great author, great Christian author, and you'd really enjoy a lot of his works, but he talks about the cast sheep. And that picture is a picture of a cast sheep. Now, the cast sheep is obviously on its back, upside down, like a turtle that can't get over. And when they have a lot of wool on and they lay down, they can tip on their back. And when they do that, they can't get up. That's called a cast sheep. Uh, they are very vulnerable to predators because, one, they're vulnerable anyway, but if they're stuck on their back, they're very vulnerable. And if they don't, if someone doesn't help them back on their feet, they'll eventually just die. So a cast sheep is not, a, the shepherd has to always be on the lookout for cast sheep to make you get them righted back up so they can be, be, be in the protection of the flock. And there are times, too, as we talked last week about the storm, that we are, feel as though, I should say, we are cast sheep. We're on our back. We're not able to turn over. We can't get up. We don't know where to go. We don't know where to turn. And because we're independent, I, I think at times it's hard to talk to others or ask others because we haven't done that before. We don't always have a culture in our families or some of our families or in our, our churches or wherever we have our sphere of influence to feel comfortable sharing what's going on in our lives. So it's very clear as we talked last week and this week, that the Lord is our shepherd. But the question I want to talk about today, then, if, if God's our shepherd, he takes care of us, how does he do that? How does God oftentimes choose to be our shepherd? How does he shepherd us? Now, God can just speak it, and we're healed. God can speak it, and we're at peace. God can speak it, and we're, we're walking beside still waters and lying in green pastures. But that oftentimes isn't how he chooses to work. Let's take a look at this passage in 2 Corinthians, first chapter. First it talks about who God is. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. That's the God we serve. That's the God we know. He's a Father of all compassion and the God of all comfort who cares for us in all our troubles. Not some of them, not a few of them, not the really bad ones or the easy ones. He cares for us in all the troubles. And here's the next part, so that. He cares for us so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God doesn't waste the hurt. God doesn't waste the pain. He could choose to intervene in all of our lives, but he says, I'm, I have a job that I want, something I want to accomplish. I want to accomplish something in the lives of my children, 
And I'm going to choose to do it differently. I'm going to choose to do it with other people. He, does, he helps us so that what? So that we can comfort others the same way we've been comforted. So the question then is, I guess, are we shepherds? Does that mean if God's our shepherd and he takes care of us so that we can take care of others, does he see us as shepherds? Do we have a role as shepherds? Are we to shepherd other people in our family, in our church, in our sphere of influence? Here are two passages. The first one's in Acts chapter 20. Now, in both of these passages, he's talking to leaders, elders or leaders in the church. But in, our, in a church like ours, if you are involved in any kind of ministry, you're, you're, part, you're in a leadership, you're helping. Some of us need to be sheep that are cared for. Some of us need to be shepherds caring for others. But let's look at Acts chapter 20. It says, pay careful attention to yourselves. Well, that's easy to do. I can pay pretty careful attention to myself. I have no problem doing that. But then it goes on, it says, and to the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Wow. Pay attention to yourself, but also to the flock that God has made you overseers. I think he's saying there are people I've put in your path that you're to oversee, you're to care for, you're, you're, to, you're to shepherd. Major Orsha is to care for the church of God, which God ordained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, Jesus says, fierce wolves will come in among you and not sparing the flock. They're going to come in and try to tear you apart. He says, so he's asking us as believers to care for the flock as God cares for us, as a good shepherd cares for us. Let's look at the one in 1 Peter chapter 5. Again, speaking to different leaders in the church, says, shepherd the flock, <coughs> excuse me, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. It's pretty clear. It says, shepherd the flock of God. We have a role. We are shepherds. We wouldn't be she- he wouldn't be asking to shepherd the flock if we're not shepherds. Shepherd the flock of God that, God is, uh, that is among you exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. We should do it because that's what God asked us to do, and that's how God's cared for us. He said, as, as I comforted you, I did that so you can comfort others. So it's, a broader, it's broader than a shepherd. Is, is Jesus, is God the good shepherd? Yes, he is. But it's broader than just a shepherd. All God's people are responsible for this function. We're responsible to care for each other. That's what we call the fellowship, correct? We're in fellowship with each other and we care for each other. We call church a family. Adam always says, what does he say? What's our tagline? Welcome home. Now, home is supposed to be a place where people take care of you. I know some of you haven't grown up in a home where that was true, but the idea is home should be a place where come home. We're going to take care of you. We'll love you. We'll watch over you. Um, in Galatians chapter 6, a verse common to a lot of us, it says, bear one another's burdens. Now, yesterday, I'm sorry, yesterday, last week, Sherry talked about this verse, and she talked about the yoke that God said, put in my yoke, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. And Riley, this morning, when we were doing our worship, shared that same verse. God will carry burdens with us, carry burdens for us, along with us. He gets on the yoke with us and he helps us carry that burden. He doesn't always say, hey, I'll take your burden away. He says, come in under my yoke and I'll carry that uh, burden with you. 
And why do we do it? We do it because we fulfill the law of Christ. So we carry each other's burdens, not because it's a nice thing to do, it's a good thing to do, we should be humanitarian. God has said, that's your role. You're supposed to do that. We have a woman who comes at a first service, uh, one of our seniors, her name is Debbie, and Debbie lives by herself. She has no family in the area and a few friends uh, around her, but really her family is here at church. And uh, Debbie has struggled for a long time. Her knees have been bad, and she has a hard time getting around. And uh, a couple, uh, during the summer, uh, she fell twice getting in and out of church just because it was hard for her to get around. So we went along with her. A couple people took her to the doctor, took her to the hospital, got checked out. And she's getting a knee replacement tomorrow. But, the, you know, the social worker the hospital will call because she has to go into If you've ever had a knee replaced, my guess is in this service, most people haven't had their knees replaced. The first service, I think everybody had their knees replaced, okay? <laughs> so you don't know what that's like. But it's, very, it's, not an easy, it's not an easy recovery. So she's supposed to go to transitional care. And the hospital called around. They can't find a single place for her to go. What does she do? She goes back to her apartment. She can't make it to get to the grocery store. She can't make meals for a while until she gets walking around. She can't get to therapy. Maybe a therapist could come to her place. That's possible. How is she going to get to her doctor's appointments? But she has a family here. She has a bunch of shepherds in this church. There's a group of people who are organizing now to say we will be with her every day. We'll check on her. We'll give meals for her. We'll take her to her doctor's appointments. We'll help her get to make sure she gets therapy because they're going to come alongside as though she was what? They were my daughter, my mom. That's what we do. God has said, we have people who are, have been hurting. We're broken people. But he says, we're going to take care of each other. That's how I'm going to shepherd you. And so now we have a group of people who have together decided, we will shepherd Debbie. We will walk alongside her. Think about this. Like a sheep, she's probably afraid. She's probably anxious. She's probably thinking, I don't know how I'm going to eat. How is she going to lie down? in green pastures or besides still waters. But when the shepherds of our congregation, of our flock, come together and say, we will care for you. Why? Because God did that for us. And we're fulfilling the law of Christ. So often, God chooses us then to use us. We're broken. We, and he uses us, uses us to come alongside to restore other people's souls. That's how God restores our souls, with the people right here, with other people in your, in your it could be your family, your, your friends, whatever, but you also have people here to do that. God's assigned other people in your life to shepherd over you, and that's how your good shepherd's going to watch over you. God, we know, one of the truths we know about who we are it's very clear in Genesis that God created us in his image. And while this is a topic, that is, a, that is an amazing topic to study. Scholars have studied that for years and have a hard time really knowing what all that means. But we know some of the aspects. We know that God's relational. God has been in perfect relationship with the Son and Holy Spirit for eternity. So he's created us, and we are, we are more relational. All these other creations don't have language like we do and can't communicate. They do communicate, but not like we can communicate. 
So we're creating God's image so that we can care for and help each other. So God has said, you are broken people. You are hurting people. You're going through storms all, oftentimes. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I could come down. And sometimes he does. Sometimes he intervenes dramatically in our life and heals us and takes care of us. But oftentimes, he says, I have something to accomplish. And I'm going to use other people in that person's flock to take care of them. And that includes us, right? That means, one, some things are sheep and need to be taken care of. Well, I guess that's always true. But God also uses us to take care of others, to shepherd others. So his image of being created, uh, being created in God's image really means that we are like God. We are relational. We love each other. We care for each other. And we have a role to do. When God was talking about those two passages, those two passages about us being shepherds, if you notice, he didn't say, I was just thinking, he had a really kind of a cool idea. Wouldn't it be great if some of us could like help each other out once in a while? It wasn't like a suggestion he threw out, think about it. He said, no, this is your task. This is how I've created you. You're created my image, and you're, you're created to care for each other, to walk alongside each other. As you know, if you've been here for a while, back in January, we started a new ministry called Stephen Ministry. And uh, it's a, a one-on-one ministry. As part of our care ministry, we have a lot of care ministries here at church caring for each other. One of them is Stephen's ministry. And we have uh, trained people uh, through 50 hours of training to learn how to walk alongside people. Now, it sounds easy, but sometimes we like to fix others, you know? So if, if uh, Steve Dreyer says, I, I need some help, tends to be, great, Steve, I could fix all your problems. Well, that's not what we need a lot of times. We need someone to listen to us, to walk alongside us. So these Stevens ministers we have trained are here to walk alongside you. Now, sometimes we go, I'm not going to tell my problems to someone else. I'm not, I'm not the kind of person. Well, you don't have to open up any more than you want to. We have family. We have friends. Some of you are blessed to have a family you can talk to and get help from. A lot of us are thinking, seriously, talk to my family? That could be tough, Right? So anyway, Stephen's ministry has people trained to say, I just want to contact you once a week, pray with you, walk alongside you, to, to listen to you, hear how you're doing. That's what that, if you're ever interested in that, we have, you can contact me. My email is don at northhavenchurch.org. Very simple. If you ever want to talk to Adam, it's adam at northhavenchurch.org. Meredith Dupree is the one in our church who heads up the Stephen ministry. What do you think her email is? Meredith at NorthAvenChurch.org. So you can contact one of us. But also on the information desk, the welcome desk, there are some cards there. Stephen's, it says Stephen's Ministry. On the back, it's just contact information. You don't have to say, well, here's my, here's my biggest problem. So you just put your contact information on. There's a locked box right there. You can put your card in there. And then someone will contact you and find out how someone can walk alongside you. It's one of our ministries and our care ministries. Here's a short video to watch about Stephen Ministries. After having had a student minister, my life is unbelievably different. It's, I think the biggest way it's different is that I feel connected with God in a way that I never felt before. And I, I really felt like, you know, I was doing well, but I didn't realize what a barrier my issues were. Because, partially because I, hadn't, I didn't want to share them with another person. And not only did I not want to share them with another person, I, didn't, I guess I didn't want to share them with God. Even if you know intellectually that God is there, 
sometimes it feels like it doesn't matter because there's no one there to help you. And I think Stephen Ministry is a way to actually see help right in front of you. And so seeing, receiving care from her began the process of me being able to receive care from God. So to have that one person who had signed on to listen and not to judge me, it felt safer um, than burdening friends who could run, you know? It might be too much. Or family members who might feel guilty that it was their fault. So my Stephen minister, she's just such a sweet lady. <laughs> she's so sweet. Uh, and she's, she's extremely caring. And everything seems to sort of get calm when, when she speaks. Because I think there's a lot of love in her voice, in our interactions. There's a lot of love there. When I felt like maybe God couldn't do something in my situation, she reminded me that he could. And when I felt unlovable and that maybe God was powerful enough, but I was too weak, she kept believing. So at least one of us had faith, even though a lot of times it wasn't me. There was always faith for my situation present there. Stephen ministry to me means not having to be alone. I don't think I really knew how to trust people before Stephen ministry. So that was an opportunity to learn that. I know what I was like before, and I know what I'm like after, and I know there was Stephen ministry in between, and so I know that made a difference. It made a huge difference. Stephen's ministry is very confidential, so if that also is a concern, especially in the beginning, we be sure to know that uh, that will not, no one will ever know who you're seeing. Um, so then, how can we, if we're shepherds, sometimes we're sheep and we need to be taken care of. And that's very real. And if you feel like you're that person, you need to let someone know what's going on because I don't know how to shepherd you or we don't know how to shepherd you if we don't know what you're carrying. Some, some uh, burdens are easy to see because they could be physical, but a lot of them aren't that easy to see. So let us know so we can come alongside you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Dave Brosa, one of the gentlemen oftentimes who's singing here in second service and playing uh, piano, uh, got together. He and I got together and said, you know, we do care for people here. We visit the hospital, we pray with people, but there's so much more we could be doing. Let's just sit down and brainstorm. What are some ideas we could do? What, maybe we're just going to come up with ideas that don't work, but let's think about it. So we talked about it for a while, and uh, we said, what if we found a group of people that either are card makers, like they may say, I'm not going to sing in the worship team, I'm not going to teach a Sunday school class, what could I possibly do? What about, I mean, what skills do I have? Well, God's given you skills and abilities, he's given you spiritual gifts, very clear that every one of us, when we become a believer, God gives us spiritual gifts. And those gifts aren't for us. It's not for us to say, wow, look at me. The gift God gave me. Pretty impressive, isn't it? He gives us a gift so that what we can use it with others. And so God says, not only have I given you a gift, I expect you to use it. So we came up with some ideas. One, we could create cards. Some people love it. Let me back up a second. When I was at Roseville, 
uh, Calvary Church in Roseville. Um, I had someone say to me, uh, I want to serve. I, there's no way I can serve. I, I don't have any talents. I can't do any ability. I have nothing I can do. We were just trying to get more students from Bethel Northwestern to come to Calvary. It's just on the road. And so we rented uh, Bethel's bus so that we could pick up kids on Sunday mornings, students on Sunday mornings. We didn't have a driver. So I said, do you have a driver's license? He goes, yeah. That's all we need. We do have abilities. He never thought a driver's license would help him be able to serve God or shepherd others. I had another guy say to me, I don't have any gifts. I'd like to serve, but I don't want to serve. Well, nowadays, in a nursery, most kids have Velcro-type shoes or pull-on shoes. Back then, everybody, all the kids had tie shoes, and they were always untied. And so I talked to a teacher one time. She said, I spent the whole hour tying, tying shoes. So I said to this guy, I said, do you know how to tie shoes? Well, yeah, I can tie shoes. I said, I have a job for you that you can do every Sunday for a whole hour, right? And he tied shoes for a whole hour. We can do a lot of things. They're not insignificant. Him tying shoes allowed the teacher to really focus more on the students and the story that was going on. So here's some ideas. One, some people like to create cards. Or just that, that's their passion. I don't get it, personally, but people like to do that. So I've been to the first hour, Laurel Janish, one of the people in the first hour, makes cards all the time. I didn't know this. She said, I love, I got a whole, I got a whole craft room where I make cards. She signed up for that. She's going to make cards. There may be others who say, I'm not going to sing in a choir, but I can make a card. Or you might be someone who say, if someone makes a card or buys a card, I'll write a card and send it to somebody who's hurting or someone in need. We can call those who haven't been in, in church for a few weeks. Uh, and that, that's not to say, where have you been? How come you're not here? But to say, are you okay? Everything all right? How can we pray for you? Just to check in. If someone's been gone three or four weeks and nobody checks in, it doesn't feel like much of a family, does it? We haven't been in church for four weeks and no one noticed. Well, even if they did, nobody called. So maybe you say, I can make phone calls. What if you uh, thought, you know what, I can do a lot of handy. I'm not a contractor or but I can fix a leaky faucet or I can change oil in a car. If we have uh, single moms who are having a struggle just making ends meet, uh, yeah, I could change oil in cars occasionally or I could fix a leaky faucet or fix a screen. Maybe we have a team of people together who could do that. Dave uh, Broza used to visit uh, long-term uh, care facilities. So we would, uh, he would either sing with a group of people or just sit and visit and talk to them. Some of you say, I could do that. These are just simple ideas that came, we came up with one afternoon. There are probably many more, maybe many that you think I would love to do. I have, by the information desk, I have a sign-up sheets. If you're interested in doing one of these, just sign your name on it. You're not saying I'm going to lead it. You're not saying I'm committing to doing it. I just want to see people who might be interested, and if it's worth it, if people say, I'd like to do that, we'll start a new ministry. You could say to me at don at northhavenchurch.org, you could say, I got even a better idea. The idea is we're saying if we're going to shepherd people and God's given you gifts and prepared you, well, let us know how you shepherd the best. In the commons today, we have a table there for small groups. And that's another great way to shepherd others and shepherd each other. Small groups are a great opportunity to get to know people, uh, to get to know what's going on in their lives. And oftentimes things are shared there that wouldn't be shared in a larger group. So let's say that something happened to Cedric. We hope that never happens. 
But if something ever happened to Cedric, I would pray for him. We'd tell the staff. But what would we do? we make sure the small group, they have a great small group. we make sure their, their small group would know what's going on with Cedric. Who would really care for you the best? Your small group. They make meals, they call them, they stop over. Why? Because they've created this relationship that is very intimate. It's hard for a large body to care for each individual. That's why we try to break up into smaller groups. So if you're not in a small group, sign up for a small group. One, you could receive care there when you need it, and also you can care for others and be a shepherd. Also, we have a table, as you saw when you walked in, and, uh, to make backpacks of Richardson. And, and oh, we have Anne, Anne right? Anne's here. Wave Anne. She's a Richardson person. And um, we pack backpacks regularly uh, throughout the year because there are many students at Richardson Elementary that aren't, that uh, meals are a struggle, and they get uh, subsidized during the week at school. When the weekend comes, they don't have the funds of family to eat like they should. So we make backpacks, and Richardson, the social worker, decides what kids need them. We send these backpacks of food home to them for the weekend. So we pack those as we're doing that today. We can, there's always things you can do. So we want to figure out how it is that we can know, share our own needs so we can be taken care of and, sh- and shepherded when we need it. But also, God is saying, but you're here for a reason. You're in this church for a reason. I want to use you. I've created you and designed you to use you in other people's lives, and I need you to shepherd those in your own, in you. If you don't have anybody around you, sign up for a small group, and you'll have a group of people. So there really is no excuse. Let's close in prayer. Father, we're grateful for who you are. We're grateful that you're a God who sees, a God who knows, the God who heals, the God who walks alongside us and helps us lie down in green pastures, leads us beside still waters. Thank you that you have a plan. Thank you that we're, you have not forgotten about us. Thank you that you said, I will take care of you. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to equip those in your neighborhood, in your church, in your family to care for you. Thank you that you use us even we're broken. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So let's go figure out how we can shepherd. If you're thinking, I want to do it, there are sign-up sheets out there, so there's no excuse for anybody to say, I don't know what to do. We've given you a lot of opportunities. So let's go shepherd or be shepherded. God bless. Have a great week.